Heather. Good morning. Good morning. Desi. Desi, where's your face? There you are. <laughs> there you are. Uh, it's like the <laughs> ultimate challenge of life. Getting up. I seriously thought about having a mimosa this morning. On this oh, you totally should during the show. I might. I might. I have to, you may, I have to you make one. Um, Right in the middle of when, like, um, Jonathan's on one of those long box. No, he, he, knows he's, he's not, he knows he's long-winded. So. I know. It's my favorite part when he calls yeah. himself out. Oh, everyone, everyone loves it, though, too. <laughs> it's because he says a boat, you know. You, you can yeah. get away with a lot when you have an accent. Yeah. Shoot, I better text him, make sure he's up. He said it last night he was gonna be here for sure. Joshua. You didn't give me a, a reminder. Does that mean that um, I have a I have an excuse to be? No, 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 no. Jonathan uh, texts me a lot. <laughs> oh, here he is, right here. What are we looking at with Jake Stir? Where's Just Stir at? There's Jonathan, back in Stevenson Village on the port again where is stir hiding is this like one of those movies where you disappeared or something like that oh there he is yeah yeah, guys. Oh, my yeah. God. you stole my idea jake oh did i i'm sorry <laughs> kidding i probably have a guinness not a mimosa guinness is also a breakfast food <laughs> yeah. It can be, yeah. I don't think. Um, yeah, no, I'm at the I'm at the pub all alone. You are at a pub. Yeah. Can you? How come you're sideways? Um, because I have to. I don't know. There you go. Can you give Is us that a tour? Of this, uh, can I do that? Yeah, yeah. Give me a second. I'll open the the windows. Or actually, I can just walk outside. Um, we're getting the bar ready for reopening um, uh, May 11th. It's my buddy's pub. How do I turn this don't, camera around? Don't do it yet. Don't do it yet, Jake, because uh, it, it'll be uh, coming up, obviously, on uh, number three. So um, we'll do that. We'll do that. And Because um, I know that you got some stuff that I really wanted you to talk about uh, this week. So let's just dive right in on uh, confirmation uh, bias or... Uh, could be called cognitive bias, but um, I think I listed it as uh, confirmation bias. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, if I were to look up ba best basketball player of all time, for example, just to throw out an easy one, you know, it would be easy for me to uh, Michael Jordan confirm, confirm to myself that Michael LeBron. Jordan was the best basketball player of all time. However, it would also be easy for like this generation that is, um, you know, younger, it would be easy for them to find Kobe Bryant. And then the, the generation that is, you know, even younger than that, it'd be easy for them to find LeBron James. So that, that's an easy one um, to throw out there. 
Uh, obviously, I bet um, everyone in our group would probably say Michael Jordan. Is there anyone that would say different? We'll see in a couple of years. But yeah, right now it's still Michael Jordan. Yeah, I'm not talking like what could happen. I'm just talking about like right now. I mean, my confirmation biasness uh, says Michael Jordan. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. So that's just an easy one. That's an example. Another one would be like uh, if I were to look up best actor ever, you know, I could find like De Niro and Pacino near the top of those lists. Or, um, you know, an interesting one is if any of you have seen any of the stories on, uh, on the telephoto uh, lens versus, versus wide angle lens. You know, that's a, that's a really interesting one right now because telephoto lens will show uh, people like really grouped together and a wide angle lens is, is the opposite. We'll, we'll show people, you know, spread apart. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to, hopefully I didn't ruin that for anyone, but let's just start with, um, well, we'll go in the order I see on my screen. So we'll go to ladies first, uh, Heather. Let's start with you, Heather, on uh, what you came up with and what you want to talk about when it comes to confirmation bias. Well, for me, um, I think it's been a lot of this COVID-19 lately and um, just the difference in um, people at work, actually, that um, either you're either searching for either something negative um, to confirm your your beliefs that, you know, this is a huge uh, pandemic, which it is, but that, you know, oh gosh, it's, you know, the end of the world, uh, we need to stop or else you're searching for um, things to support that, hey, this isn't as bad as we think it is, you know, businesses getting back to normal. And, you know, even if you, um, conversations that you have with people, it'll start following you on your phone, you know, because Siri's listening always. <laughs> and then, you know, you get served up all these things on social media and um just you know i start searching for things obviously that are that are going to dispel that you know this is as bad as everybody you know originally put it out to be so for me um i've noticed myself searching and searching and searching and try to to confirm that um hey you know what this isn't as bad as as we thought it was gonna be so for me um that, that's my confirmation bias, I think, is that um, I've been searching for things always to be positive, but that um, things could always be worse. So yeah, for sure. And, you know, confirmation, but well, uh, I'll actually I'll throw a little curveball about, you know, it's amazing. They did a study on uh, a long time ago about like prisoners of war um, to, to touch on something a little um you know, touchy, I guess. And uh, they, they talked about positive attitudes versus negative attitudes. And the people that were, say, that escaped finally, they asked them what their attitudes were like. And, you know, the people that were really positive, um, they said, well, yeah, we, we knew that we were, we were going to get out of there within two years. And they'd tell themselves, they'd give themselves a time frame. And then they talked to the so-called negative people and um, who ended up uh, saying because because first what they do is, is they went off of their answers and then they looked at uh, actually what happened and the answers of the so-called negative people uh, said well we're never getting out of here we're, we're never going to escape we could be here forever and of course uh, there was a much higher percentage of of those people who ended up being positive because they basically said like every day when they woke up, let's just, uh, you know, do this day to day, we might never get out of here. And then the people who end up having the harder time were actually the so-called positives at the start. So I know that was long um, to, uh, 
you know, back up your, your answer, um, Heather. And I think you're absolutely right. You know, and, uh, you know, at your dealership and our dealership, we had, um, someone sell 29 cars during a, uh, you know, quote unquote global pandemic. And then a person right behind that sold 25 and a half cars. And then a person right behind that sold 21 and a half cars. And, uh, you know, um, for those of you who don't know what kind of weekend we just had, we, we sold on Saturday, we sold 22 cars, uh, yesterday we sold 18 cars. So 40 cars just the last two days. And, uh, you know, those are, um, those are strong numbers. I mean, we finished number two in the entire, uh, district for total car sales and number one had 51 cars. So there's dealers out there that are, um, selling um, a good amount of cars. And then there's dealers that aren't, is that kind of what you're saying, Heather? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a um, joke at the end. Um, so Desi, you're, uh, we'll stay with ladies first. So um, not that you're the second lady, right? <laughs> you are the queen of TikTok. You're the queen of TikTok, and we'll get to that later. So this is no offense. By yeah, she is. So yeah, Desi, uh, tell us about, um, and I promise I won't be so long-winded today. Confirmation bias. I promise I won't be either. So here's what's funny. Um, I had to go look it up so that I could talk about it intelligently. And um, one of the things that I found that I that spoke to me, right? Because this is how you're going to do it. And you, you find the thing that you relate to. Um, I, I do want to start off and say, I tend to be kind of a middle of the road person. Like I have strong opinions. If you've met me of a strong opinion person but I I do like to seek out the other side and I do you know I I like people that kind of play devil's advocate and I, Josh you do that um you know I I I want to see the other side just in case I'm missing something but when I looked this up and I wanted to talk about it one of the things that I read was um they related it to music so like if you're um, listening to a band and you've been listening to them for a long time and they come out with a new album and all of a sudden you're like I don't I don't like it as much what happened to the band are they getting like what's happening with them and it's just that they've changed up their sound and it's not confirming one of those things in your brain that is recognition I found that really, really interesting and why a lot of people kind of stay in the groove and only like the one album and only, you know, when I, when it related to music, it, it became very interesting to me. A little yeah. bit but related to this, I, um, I definitely see it polarized. You know, we talk about it all the time and, um, you know, I, I also feel like if you're one way and that's the only way and that's how you see it and you become a jerk, you know, you're a lot of the times when you, when you only seek out your opinion and your, you become very entitled and, um, and a jerk to the other side. So, um, I think hopefully, you know, people just kind to each other and and understand that there's we're allowed to have those opposing opinions and views and um, reasons why you might be on one side or the other that's fantastic and you said a ton of really good stuff there desi but you know to the last thing that you said yeah that's what i love about this group 
is uh, the diversity that we have, even though sometimes it's like four guys with beards and a couple ladies, uh, it's really um, a lot of different um, views. And uh, that's what I love about it. You know, we're from three different countries. And before we go to um, Jake next, um, to the first point of what you said, it reminds me a lot of uh, like reviews. If you, if you look up reviews for uh, like, let's say you're gonna go travel somewhere and you wanna, you wanna find some good reviews about where you're going, uh, you can find them. And if you want to find some bad reviews about where you're going, you can definitely find those. So, uh, Jake, tell us about um, confirmation bias. Um, yeah, this is something we actually talked a bit about in uh, nursing school. Um, we all have our own biases. Everyone does. We all come from our own different place. And we have our, you know, individual upbringings. And we're exposed to what we are and we're shaped by our environments. Um, and we, we can't help that. It's everyone, everyone has it. Um, but acknowledging that you have, that we do have biases and recognizing what they are um, is, a lot of people don't have that, but it's so important um, because the danger in it is, is how it re reinforces negative stereotypes at times. Um, you'll see something on the news with the, with the amount of information that's out there right now, positive, negative, like true stuff, disinformation. Um, you're gonna stumble upon something, no matter how rare it may be, that may confirm one of your biases. Um, and we're attracted to those kinds of things because, um, yeah, it reinforces what we know of the world and whether or not that's, that's accurate. It, I think it makes people feel safe a little bit if they aren't open-minded about the individual perspective that they have, as opposed to, there's a, usually a lot more to any story or group of people or especially with the media and um, the agenda that each each media um, source has they all have an agenda and it speaks to people that they're trying to speak to and it reinforces ideas that these people already have and there's usually a lot more to the story yeah that's that is absolutely right on and um and I find it so fascinating because if you look at human, um, you know, just our, I, and I would be guilty of this for sure, is a lot of times I can trick myself into being a lot better than I actually am. And so what I mean by that is, is uh, you know, I could convince myself that I could uh, dunk you know, since we're talking about Michael Jordan this morning, um, I, because of how positive I am, because of what I believe, you know, I could convince myself I could dunk, but you know, we know that ain't going to happen. <laughs> so um, before we go to Solomon, um, King Solomon, Josh lets us, we'll go to um, Steveson village, Jonathan Overton. You haven't said anything this morning and Jonathan last week in his defense said he had 19 coffees uh, to start the day. And he was <laughs> like, I said too much. And I told him that that is not true. And, and I mean it, all of you, um, we, we got, you know, uh, 
we got all day to do this, or at least until I got to go to the next meeting. But um, Jonathan, do not ever fear with this group of saying you're mine. Time is on our side, my friend. I, I don't want to sign cliche. I forget who, what song that came from. But uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, time is a virtue. And uh, I, always, I always feel so privileged to be included in these conversations with such amazing people. It's uh, awesome and so forth. You know, when confirmation bias came up, I, I don't want to, you know, kind of uh, reflect on what uh, Desi said there and say I had to uh, look up what, what it was about. <laughs> but uh, um, I think back to my SFU days and when you're talking about hypothesis and, and you know, putting together a collective uh, uh, opinion and so forth, you are supposed to define the terms uh, presented, right? So I would define it as confirmation bias is usually information that you collect selectively to support your hypothesis rather than interpreting the data to its own conclusions. So I will stress that it, that uh, definition was for others who didn't understand the term, not myself. Uh, but no, was, uh, um, I actually had asked my brother for the best example of it. And uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I am a twin. And, I'm a twin uh, too, bro. My, uh, there you go, there you go. <laughs> I, I always, you know, have been known to say my, Mother raised the two most beloved professionals in the world, right? You know, uh, a car salesman and a lawyer. Everyone loves those two professionals, of course. And uh, the example he sent me, and his name's Ken, I'm John. And he sent me, uh, I'll just read it here. He said, I believe all Kens are awesome. There's Ken Griffin <laughs> Jr., who was an awesome baseball player. And Ken Dryden, who was an awesome goalie. Sure, there are some other Kens that some say are less than awesome, but I reject that information. Clearly, all Kens are awesome. So I wasn't actually going to bring up that that text of, uh, um, you know, to keep you informed of uh, a real example of uh, the bi confirmation bias, but with all this uh, talk of sports and uh, reflections on Michael Jordan, I certainly uh, th thought it was appropriate and so forth. I am in the, the Michael Jordan corner. Uh, I know on the the chef's kitchen or that late night show where they put people on the stand and they have to answer questions and so forth, whether they uh, answer the question or eat the girl's food they present. I remember watching that and Kobe Bryant put himself above LeBron and, and Michael Jordan. And I think confidence and positivity is, is a virtue as well. So that, that was uh, surprising to me. I, was, I didn't think that was even in debate. I thought Michael Jordan was the forerunner, but as generations go on, you know, things change, of course. But um, I, I think obviously with confirmation bias, there's, there's, you know, perspectives and so forth. And I think when you kind of buy into this whole uh, um, opinions and, and co controversies and things that are, uh, you know, um, you know, um, brought to mind when you start thinking of viruses and and so forth, that it, it's easy to draw conclusions based on data that you're, you know, looking into based on the ideas you have, right? But to uh, be objective and to really consider everything and uh, take a positive standpoint is obviously, uh, in my opinion, the best avenue, of course. Yeah, there are so many stats out there, and you can find... <laughs> <laughs> Forgot that one, dude. <laughs> rest, rip, uh, Kenny Rogers. Rest in peace. Um, yeah. 
and then now you like did like a mic drop on uh, your brother Kent. So I don't know what that means, John. Oh, there he is. I don't know what he meant by that, but um, I'm pretty sure Jonathan is the best twin. That's you know, I, I mean, I'll take a car I, salesman. I always don't tell people about the twin side, right? Because he's kind of my my best secret weapon, right? You know, I got a pretty good guy in my corner that has a lot of. Uh, intelligence i always say you know he got kind of the intelligence gene of the two of us unfortunately but uh customers always say oh you have a twin i'm like oh man yes i didn't mean this i didn't mean to spill the beans he actually sold you the last car right and and, (laughs) but that's yeah well good stuff great stuff so let's go to um josh solomon we've been waiting to hear give us the wisdom well, so it's interesting because I think for whatever reason, this has probably gotten worse, I think, recently, the confirmation bias, polarization, and all this. And, um, and so I'm trying, I was trying to, you know, just reflect a little bit and go, why is that? Because a lot of it is who you surround yourself with, right? I've got friends at every end of the political spectrum. Obviously, I grew up in Portland, so there's a lot of people on the way, way left. And I've been in the car business, so you get a lot of business, entrepreneurial type right people. And then you got the extremists that go, you know, a little further. And I remember having this conversation during the last election and people will go, I have no idea um, how Trump got elected because all of my friends voted for Hillary, you know, or, um, you know, and th- the other way around, I have no, Hillary has no chance. Everybody I know is voting for Trump, you know, and we talk about the yard signs. Every yard sign I saw was a Hillary sign. Every yard sign I saw was a Trump sign. And it's because you're looking for and you're surrounding yourself with people who are like-minded. And I think social media probably has made that, we'll use the word worse, I don't know if that's the right word, because you used to have your five or six or 10 friends plus some coworkers or whatever. And now we have, you know, hey, I have 4,400 friends on my friends list, you know? So you got your, it's that times a hundred now. And then you obviously select who you hang out with because most people aren't open-minded like myself, I've got you know, everybody on the end of the spectrum and I'll debate people and I'll challenge people on both sides just because I want to see, are they open to being challenged? Most people are not, um, which is frustrating you know, when we talk about politics. And uh, one of the most frustrating thing for me about politics is uh, I'm an independent and an actual independent, but if you are a Democrat, you have to be lockstep with everything the Democrat says uh, as a president or, you know, whoever, and same thing with Republicans. Why can't I be okay with a couple things that Obama said and did and a couple things that uh, Trump says and did? 98% of what both of them did bullshit, probably, sorry for swearing, but, but why can't I be okay with a little bit of this and a little bit of that? You're demonized and you're just, you're, you're put back over here. So then it forces you to go back into, okay, let me, let me just go ahead and lock step in with everything else. And then probably one of the biggest problems I think that feed into actual confirmation bias is the algorithms of um, the internet, right? You, you start searching for whatever you're searching for to confirm what you're trying to confirm. And then everything that you get served up confirms what you're trying to confirm. You don't ever get served up it's the opposite side. So whether it's social on Facebook or whether it's Google, whatever it is, you get served up what you're looking for. So then you go, man, everything on the internet agrees with me. And then you feel good because you're, you're, you're finding confirmation from a legitimate source that is just backing up everything that you're saying. So I think the algorithms uh, probably is, is one of the, the biggest things that feed into that. 
And then obviously our friends group has gotten, you know, tremendous and you can join, you know, uh, all the groups on Facebook and whatever you want to do to again, like-minded people that again, confirm it. And then you get some social proof along with it. And social proof is, you know, pretty strong uh, psychological thing too. So you're finding stuff on the internet, you've got some social proof and all of a sudden, yeah, you're right. Everybody else is wrong. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And um, for one, um, swearing on the show is okay. I try not to. It's something I'm working on. Um, you know, it, it is. Uh, adult yeah. shows and you don't have to feel bad if one slips up. Um, I don't, for those of you who know me, I don't swear, but I'm not, that, that doesn't mean that, um, that I judge anyone who does because I'll, I'll just throw it out there. My wife will love me for this. She swears. Um, but, uh, number two, <laughs> to, to what you said, it's, it's really something, if you think about when you are interested in, say, a certain car, or especially after you've bought one, uh, you, like let's say you buy a red one, you're like, oh, there's a red car. Wow, there's a red car. Oh, there's a red car. Pretty soon you start thinking everybody's got a red car. Mm-hmm. Or if it's RAV4s, you know, then you start counting all the RAV4s on the road and your mind starts saying, man, everybody's got a RAV4. Yep. So, and Josh, also my, my, speaking of my wife, she loves the cat. So um, I know you're quick to throw the cat out. Um, you that. know, the crazy thing is that's a barn cat. And the, my barn cat has figured out how to use a dog door. Aww. And so now is inside about 85%. <laughs> that's awesome. And you had some powerful statements in there. And I love any chance we get to um, open up the politics, um, you know, just because, uh, like we have all said um, at one time or another, is is this? I, that's what I love about this group because I know there's uh, on just in this group right here different views from one end of the spectrum to the other, and and I and I love that. I think that's what it's all about. So um, we'll just keep going right along to. Um, can I two. can I interject quickly? Yeah, please. It doesn't even have to be quickly. Um, when you said Ken was the best twin, was that a dig at me? <laughs> Um, I, I would never, Josh. I would never, I no, would never, no, Josh said Ken was the best twin. I, I'm going to try to answer that question without digging out at anyone else in the group, but Jake, I think you're my favorite brother. I, I'm just going to throw that out there, man. I think, uh, I think it might be a twin thing, right? I always say if you're, if you're a twin, you're in. So, um, oh, I love it. I did actually have a question, Josh, and that was when you, so you said you grew up in the Portland area. Where did you go to high school? Sandy. Sandy High School. Okay. Yeah. So I wonder That's if. That's where I know you from. Okay. You know Josh then. I went, to, I went to Sandy briefly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I went to Sandy. I grew up in past Sandy out towards uh, a little bit before Welch's, but rhododendron areas where I grew up. Dang, you, you bounced on that one, huh, Jake? Uh, what happened with you and Josh? <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> How old are you, Jake? Dude, we're in the same class. I'm uh, 41. <laughs> I was 97. Or you were a year younger than me. Uh, n- no? No, I'm 41. Yeah, I would have graduated in 97. Yeah, okay. No, I. we had some... We hung out a little bit at times. I don't know. What? It's all, it's all That's foggy. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, a lot of my high school years are foggy. <laughs> yeah. For, for a multitude of reasons. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I thought you went to Barlow. I was talking to Josh about it. And um, but no, you're, I, 
yeah, I got in trouble at Barlow and ended up at Sandy for a short period. And um, we had some some exchanges. I mean, good ones. I, I, I think we hung out a few times. Yeah, I don't know. I love it. Yeah. Anyways. No, that is great. I'm glad stuff. we solved that mystery, Josh. <laughs> yeah, he was trying to convince me that you went to Barlow, and I said, "No, I, I, I would remember for sure." Um, in my um two years out of the four that I was there, so, uh, <laughs> so I, I did not graduate high school, and um, you know, same thing um, as far as uh, the type of memories that you have for high school. I think I'm <laughs> that boat. So. Yeah. How, how many did anyone else not graduate high school or, and if you're afraid to say so, you don't have to, but um, yeah. Yeah, I kind of thought that you had said that Josh and it, did everyone else graduate other than Josh and I, I graduated from a, um, an alternative school. I went to night school while I was taking care of my grandma, but I skipped two years and graduated on time with all close to a 4.0 for a cumulative. So it was my, I did way better in uh in that setting and it wasn't a ged it was my actual diploma so i graduated but in a really yeah i actually did something similar so i dropped out i, I went to uh wilson high school for my junior year in portland um and couldn't stand it so i found an alternative school that let me take classes at pcc to get my degree because i thought i wanted to go into the military and at the time you had to uh, have a or uh, not my degree, but my diploma. At the time, you had to have a diploma. So I did go back, circle back and get it, but uh, I don't know what good it did in me. I, I think I have an opportunity to kind of uh, curb contrary belief, but actually, uh, I know this is hard to believe. I, I graduated with honors. So I, I, thought, I, I, thought, I'd, I thought I'd throw that out there. I don't, I don't. <laughs> The twins are winning here. <laughs> I know. I know there's there's often uh, uh, shadows of laughter in the background when I went up there to get those kind of things. But uh, yeah, no, I did okay. Well, Jonathan, that's not actually surprising to me. Uh, your intelligence level is very high, and I know Heather, you and because we talked about it last week, you were a, a volleyball player, so I know you graduated because you went to some college and played volleyball, right? Right. Yep, I graduated from college. And uh, the queen TikTok over there has got a mimosa out. So <laughs> I think this, might be, this is starting to get uh, better uh, week by week. Uh, we got Guinness and mimosa um, in the show this week. We haven't, um, and we haven't got to the actual the queen yet. And I know that's coming. Jonathan won't let us down, but let's go to um, number two and um, the best story. And when I say best, it could be something that upsets you, makes you mad. Like it could be your worst as far as the best story of the week. And um, I'll, I'll say mine until um, uh, you guys are done. So um, Heather, what was the best story of the week that you found? Oh my gosh, hands down um, the golfing story of yeah. yours. Hands down. I, uh, I, think you I stole said that. Story. I know. I'm sorry. I was like, I hope I get to go first because I think everybody's probably going to ask. No, that's okay. That's okay. Because I would like to um, hear your just, you know, perception or, or rundown of it. Yeah. Well, I love the, um, the three minute video that you put together that like, I sent it to everybody I know. And um, just the, um, when you, when you break it down by the, 
asking him the question, you know, oh, did you get a, you know, was it a, a shooting star that, you know, you saw or, and I don't remember exactly how you said it, but, and then you break it down to the shot and the star going across the sky. And then it being nine years on the ninth hole. I mean, I don't, it's just serendipitous. I just, I just love that stuff. It gave me chills. It gives me chills every single time I see it. And I know that Collier was so special to you. And I, I can't wait to talk to Kim about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kim I think is back in a couple of days to work. And uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing it too. That is greatly oh. appreciated. And um, you know, my intent because I've asked, I had asked people uh, when they first saw it what they what they thought my intent was in um, doing that to Troy, uh, really. And um, I was so happy because his sister and and his family were the first to understand what my intent was. And um, now, of course, I'm just going to capitalize on, um, you know, um, on, on that. But my intent was obviously to, to hold him accountable and uh, make him basically, um, you know, I think there, that we all shed a burden when we're able to uh, be honest and tell the world of what we've done and know that, guess what, you're still loved. Uh, you know, people still respect you. And in fact, they might respect you even more. And so... Um, Desi, uh, was that, cause I think you had said that that was going to be yours also. Was that still yours as far as best? Yeah, record? but I knew that was going to happen because it, it, ah. it, it deserves a lot of attention. It really does. And something that struck me the most was I didn't expect you, Josh, and I'm sorry, but I didn't expect you to make all of those connections. Like that's not maybe I have some confirmation bias and I think a certain way about you and, you know, just think that you're going to do this a certain rigid way. Right. But yeah. the fact that you saw that, um, it, it just, it, it showed me a different side and, and I, and I love that. And I was one of the people that commented, like, you're asking some tough questions, not in a derogatory way. Like, I believe that you have to call those things out. I believe that you have to talk about those things, especially when you're in a place to be able to do so. You know, he handled it really well. Um, you could tell it was uncomfortable, but like it, it deserves um, all of it. Just you, the way that your intent was to show the compassion around that. It deserves a lot of attention, but I'll stray away from that because it will come back and tell you that my favorite story is um, a group of girls from my past and I got together for uh, a Zoom happy hour. And one of my friends, Crystal, normally works on a fishing boat in Alaska as their chef, right? So she's gone just like the guys that are out on the boat are gone. And she has, she's socially awkward. She's super interesting, but she's always in isolation. Like she's always in, when she came back, she's like, ah, yeah, not a big deal. I just don't go to the grocery store as much. Like totally different perspective, super fun to have her on, but she's also like socially, there's some stuff, but there's uh, technology <laughs> doesn't come easily for her and so we were trying to like show her how to zoom and um, like on the cell phone with her trying to get her to get on anyways she thought she had the best time and so for her mom's 75th coming up she's 
going and getting all of her mom's friends set up to do a Zoom birthday call for her. And even if, so even if this lifts and we don't have the same restrictions, it's still going to bring all of these 75-year-old ladies together. She's serving mimosas and making this whole thing for her mom. I just think it's so funny that we didn't think about doing these things with our friends to gather them all up from far, like she lives in Seattle. I live in Gresham. Cambria lives down in um, California. Like we should have been doing this for a long time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys uh, seen the movie up in the air with George Clooney? Oh yeah. So do you remember Heather what that, um, do you remember the basically zooming that um, this, the show was somewhat centered around? God, it's been so long since I've seen that movie. Yeah, it came out in 2006. And, um, you know, for I, I do these, um, I go down these rabbit holes and then I have to, to watch this stuff. And it was actually a great <laughs> movie. But uh, basically, George Clooney is a guy who is a third party terminator, meaning he goes around to companies uh, and the bosses that can't terminate their people, they hire him to do that, to do it for them. Well, then a young um, up and coming star in their business basically um, brings along Zoom or whatever it was called in 2006 and, then, and they turn it into a video uh, termination. And so it's amazing, um, you know, for one, they say the military is like 50 years ahead of us when it comes to technology and who knows how far ahead of us uh, Hollywood is because it seems like anything we say these days turns into reality. Um, but Desi hit a lot of hit on a lot of stuff, and I'm not sure how to take this. Um, you know that I couldn't come up with something good type stuff. But okay, Rain well, Man, um, you just Rain Man yeah. on us right there with the movie stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do understand, and it is a very very fair statement. And so we'll keep going. Uh, Jake, favorite story of the week. Um. I don't know if it's, this is of the week, but I've stumbled on a great podcast. Um, and I've been listening to that story. It might be a little boring to you guys, but it's called The United States of Anxiety. And it's the story of the failures of um, the post-Civil War reconstruction in America and the integration of the North and the South and how that's created... Um, a lot of the inequalities that minorities still experience and the income inequalities that were um, seen pronounced by um, this virus that's not allowing people to work. So there's a lot to it, but um, yeah, I, I wasn't here last week, so I got my homework late. Um, so I'm kind of going on the fly on that one, but that's what I've been listening to all week. And, uh, and it's, go ahead. it's good for anyone. Maybe there's, it, it talks about biases and, as well, but I tend to be the, the other side, um, um, pretty far, but, um, it's just an interesting history of the United States. And it speaks to a lot of things that I'm passionate about. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm confirming these ideas about 
inequality and why things need to change, but also learning how, um, where they root from. Is there one key um, maybe that comes to mind that you, that you could share about it? Oh, well. Um, yeah, I might need it. That'll be good for next week, but anything? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm having power troubles right now. And I'm also drinking Guinness, so I might have to get back to you on that one. <laughs> I've got a lot going on here. Like, you guys That's are just okay. waking okay. up. I'm in the middle of my day. Forgive me, please. Jake, have you read uh, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell? I have. I love it. Yeah. Malcolm, yeah. I've read a couple of his books. Yeah. It's that one was really intriguing to me. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Is he the guy who wrote The Tipping Point? Yes. Yes. Okay. Also a great book. Great book also, yeah. Yeah, I read that one. You haven't read Outliers? Uh-uh, I have not. Okay. It's incredibly intriguing, data-driven stuff. It's really good. Okay. It's on the list. There you go. You'll get uh, Yeah, put it on the list for sure. It's two weeks. brilliant. <laughs> All right, so um, then let's go down to Jonathan, or up, up to Jonathan, Steveston Village, for his best story of the week. You know, I'm not sure how, uh, you know, recent it was, but I, I heard a story. I was actually in, on, heard it on the radio and I was going somewhere and I, I it kind of touched my heart a little bit and you mentioned actors earlier. So I guess I'm going to include it. I try to keep it all relevant. And I went on kind of a, a rant about, um, you know, ethics and morals and, and how that translates to success. And um, I've always been like a firm believer of like work environments, how, you know, building win-win-win relationships is built on a, a gentleman's code of, I shouldn't say gentleman, I'm not sure if that's uh, uh, gender uh, fair, but, you know, but built on, a, built on, you know, uh, you know, equality and ethics and so forth. But there was a story that kind of touched my heart a little bit about, uh, and we didn't include him as one of, one of the best doctors, and, and you know, uh, Tom Hanks, right, and talking about benevolent you know he played Mr. Rogers so he's got to be pretty good in, in my opinion to, to take on that role um, benevolence talking about defining term for hypothesis and opinions and so forth that that term actually first uh, you know presented itself to me where I looked into it more uh, closely in actually one of my very favorite books ever uh, and one of the best books ever written I believe is uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. If you haven't read that one, dig deep in English literature. That is an absolutely phenomenally written book. But, um, you know, I've always seen Tom Hanks as kind of that benevolent figure. And, you know, he was one of the first to, um, to catch the, the corona and so forth. And, uh, you know, someone reached out to him when he was sick with the virus and mentioned how they were uh, a, a kid that was bullied because of their name being the Corona. And, you know, he was quick to get back to them and, and say, you know, what a nice name. It's like the, the crown around the sun and so forth. And uh, actually went further to develop a relationship with them and, and send him a, a vintage Corona typewriter. But I just thought that was a touching story. It, you know, it kind of touched my heart a little bit about this, this famous actor taking time to, to reach out to a, a kid going through bullying and, and uh, things, you know, out of his control, um, you know, due to circumstances of the time, you know, probably if it wasn't for the virus, he'd never be picked on for that name, right? So 
And, uh, you know, Tom Hanks even went further in his letter to write, you know, you have a friend in me and, uh, you know, from Toy Story and so forth. So I thought that was kind of a, a, a beautiful thing, right? So um, genuinity and uh, down-to-earthness and ethics, you know, transpiring from, um, you know, the greatness in the acting world to Australia with some random kid going through a tough time. I thought, I thought that was a beautiful tale. Boy, that's a tough act to follow, Jonathan. That is really, really good. And I, I don't know that many could argue that Tom Hanks is definitely um, near the top of the list as one of the best actors. And then also, me, Frankenstein is brilliant. Is it? I'm with you. We have so much in common. It's probably probably one of the most brilliant books ever written. I say that hesitantly because, you know, there's some pretty good books out there. You know, I, I always go with the most influential and famous books and I wouldn't hold it in esteem to something like the Bible or something as universal and famous as scripture like that. But it's, it's up there, it, you know, no matter what piece of the earth they're on, you've heard of Frankenstein. It's not because of a cartoon green figure. It's because of the actual brilliance in that book. That book, if you ever have not read that book, pick it up, read it, that it, it is just a masterpiece. She originally had to release that under a man's name. Percy Shelley, I believe, or maybe, sorry, yep. I might, am I mistaken that name? I, I'm not sure. Her husband, the one, I'm, he, I'm she not sure eloped, the, the one she eloped with, right? Yeah, of course, uh, there's a lot yeah. of speculation as to where the words and stuff came from, but that is a brilliant piece of literature. It talks about the evolution of science and all sorts of methodology and things of the time. It, it's absolutely, uh, it, it is, yeah, it's quite something. Wow. Well, I feel like we definitely went next level intellectually. So Josh, I, I don't know if you're going to be able to follow this, but no, um, no. from an no. intellectual level, I'm going to bring it down a couple notches. Uh, <laughs> bring it back to my level, please. Yeah, yeah here you go. Yeah, the two guys who didn't graduate high school, we got to bring this down. Uh, so, I, and this isn't necessarily new, but I'm a big animal lover. Um, and, and my dream job when I'm done, doing whatever it is that I'm doing is I'll have some sort of animal rescue and, and uh, you know, animal abuse just really gets me going and that sort of thing. And so to see all these animal shelters um, not have any dogs left, you know, I watched this picture of these people in every, they put a human being in every dog crate and they were out, you know, waving or whatever because they had, or kennel, I guess, not a crate. Um, but because literally the first time in the history that this, um, this rescue had no dogs available. So um, I think that's amazing. I think people obviously doing it for companionship, et cetera. I hope that it's not like, um, you know, I hope and pray that it's not like getting, uh, you know, little chicks and Easter bunnies for Easter. And then, um, you know, come, you know, two weeks after that, everybody's tired of them and gives them away. So I hope it's not like that with the dogs, but I think it's incredible because I think, you know, from a companionship and a love standpoint, anybody who has a dog knows that there's just no love like the love from a dog. You can have the worst day in the world, come home and the dog loves you. And, you know, I used to tell stories that my, uh, my Doberman, when I was living in Phoenix, working in LA, moved to Colorado. I, I mean, I was in my car driving. We lived in a hotel for three out of six months. Um, and she didn't care if we were out on the ranch or if we were in an extended stay hotel, I mean, you walk in the door and she's like, yes, you're home. You know, you walk into, into the bathroom and then walk back inside sometimes. And she's like, whoa, where have you been? You know, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just such an amazing love. So I'm excited that 
more people in this country are experiencing that love. Man, somehow you definitely brought it to my level for one and unconditional love of, of a dog is really something, uh, yeah. I mean, to be tested, I think. And, and probably there, there's been plenty of tests on it, but I would love to see the results of if, if what, I don't know what could compare uh, from yeah. unconditionally as far as love that we can get from a dog. Nothing. All right. That was, that was really, really good stuff from everybody. And, uh, uh, oh, I guess I got to give you mine. And uh, mine is way different than, than your guys's. And um, for those of you who know um, how much I love uh, crypto will understand. But um, this month is the mark of a Bitcoin halving. And it'll probably take place around the 12th. And uh, for those of you who don't know what that means, it basically means that uh, when miners mine, there's only going to be half as much available uh, to them. And so uh, in the past, what you've seen is you've seen Bitcoin uh, go down in price right after that happens. But then, of course, uh, surge into a bull market. And so the last time this happened, that's when it in 2017 went to $20,000 per one Bitcoin. And uh, on Black, uh, they call it Black Thursday which was uh, March 12th. And um, that's when Bitcoin recently plummeted down to around $6,000. It's back up close to nine right now. But what happened on Friday the 13th is there was a 40% uptick in Coinbase usage on uh, the Apple App Store. And so for those of you who are not participating in investing and, and do not or do not have any investment in crypto whatsoever. You heard it here, um, so don't give me any excuses later as to uh, not diversifying somewhat into crypto. For those of you who think that it already happened, I really truly believe you're gonna be amazed uh, within our lifetime of what I'm telling you right now. So that was my story of the week. And um, again, just opinions. I am nowhere near a financial consultant, and so it is just my opinion, not investment advice. So uh, we'll go right to <laughs> number three, and um, it kind of ties into a lot of what, what every conversation is these days, and uh, we talk about it somewhat weekly, and we'll go back to Heather on number three. Are we close, or how close are we to being back to normal? Oh, gosh. I mean, I think I say June 1st. Back to normal. Well, with restrictions, I think. I think we'll have to wear masks. What do you mean by normal? What do the restrictions look like, Heather? Um, I think, I don't know if we'll ever be normal again, but um, I think that, um, I mean, from what I've read, at least in Oregon, 50% capacity at like restaurants and bars, shutting down early at like 10 o'clock which is fine with me <laughs> and um I'm old and um I think uh face masks maybe be required um I think um six feet social distancing always um I know that there were hopefully the hairdressers will open up very before June that would be great <laughs> Uh -huh. um and um i think i mean honestly at the dealership i go to the grocery store which is totally different everybody's wearing a mask and you know the one ways down and everything like that i don't know if that will change for a very long time but i mean at the dealership it feels like 
this week, like it feels back to normal to me. I mean, people are wearing masks and doing their social distancing. We have places around, you know, the stickers around to, to make sure. But um, I think everybody's sick and tired of it at this point. And they're just like, get me out of the house. What's open? Okay. You know, the car dealerships are open. So <laughs> let's go buy a car. I don't know. But it, it, this week felt like it was definitely took a turn for me even mentally for me, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not, I'm not scared anymore. So I think by June 1st, I think that we'll be seeing a lot of loosening of the restrictions, but I don't know if we'll ever be back to fully normal for gosh, probably a year. Yeah. And some are saying even, even never, but yeah, June 1st. Okay. We've got June 1st now to keep an eye on. We're going to start over under on this. Um, okay. <laughs> anything but um i love to gamble no i don't but we'll go to uh, <laughs> and uh desi um when are we getting back to normal or how close are we well you're it's this is normal like we're it's normal we're all this is new normal um we're not gonna go back exactly the same way it was even the things that we want to open back up they're gonna cost more they're gonna look different it's so we're there. I think it's just about making adjustments. And um, as far as having less and less restrictions, yes, I think we're, we, that, that has a timeline. And that's probably, you know, June. Um, for us around here, uh, being as close as we are to Washington, um, and following along those guidelines as well as Oregon's guidelines, which is really funny because if we were like, oh, I don't agree with this, and we drive one mile and go across the bridge and there's different rules there because Corona acts different in different states. I don't fucking know. Sorry. It's something about that. Um, but it, you know, I, the... It, it, we're just going to keep changing. It's just going to keep on changing. Um, but I think that the economy is going to start coming back. I think that we're going to start spending money. I think that people saved money and kind of like held back a little bit. But you know what is so crazy? I thought about trying to answer this question and like, this is just how I think. And I was like, oh my gosh, is that only the information that I have been <laughs> because of algorithms and confirmation bias? Like, I don't know. Yeah, well, Desi, you are being, you are on the specific um, list uh, for some heavy geofencing, um, I was told, uh, <laughs> from some government officials because of this mimosa stuff. But, uh, <laughs> we'll go right into, and I've been dying to get to uh, Jake because I know Jake uh, and I had talked about some, some differences, um, you know, especially, and so I'm hoping you can really maybe start with those, Jake, and, and uh, put together a good uh, segment here. Well, first off, I would just, I, I don't want to go back to the, to normal. I hope we never go back to normal. I think this is um, a good opportunity for all of us to um, reevaluate and figure out what's important going forward and make some changes that um, are more in line with taking care of people as a whole as opposed to unsustainable growth and borrowing and um, just using this 
beautiful planet as our toilet. Um, so yeah, I also don't believe that we, hey, hey bro. <laughs> um, I also, <laughs> um, it's my buddy Carl's bar. I'm helping him, but he just returned from the dentist. Um, but no, I, I, I also don't believe that we, that we'll ever be going back to normal. Um, it's not sustainable. Um, I don't know. Sorry. I just got a bit distracted by that, but no, I, I am. Um, yeah. Um, I, I'm a little bit, tell me. Right? Yeah. Can you, before you go, um, uh, fully into it, can you talk about some of the differences that you and I had talked about as far as, you know, cause when you went back to, um, some essential quote unquote stuff opening up, we were, we were just on different uh, timelines. I was a bit shocked um, to learn that, I don't know, two weeks ago, Josh was mentioning something about um, Home Depot and that kind of thing. Um, when our shutdown started, um, there's no like stay at home orders. Um, we weren't allowed to congregate, congregate with more than five people and you have to be two, ma two meters apart in public if, um, if they're not family. But as soon as the shutdown happened, um, it was only grocery that was opened. Um, like we have a garden center that also has grocery in it and they built um, physical walls around the plants and anything that was in a food item. Um, which I, yeah, I had a problem with because I love to garden and um, what a better way to spend time than, you know, being out in your garden. It's great for everybody. But, um, but no, they re really restricted um, movement through that by not allowing anything that wasn't absolutely essential to, um, um, for people to live their livelihood. Uh, but yeah, we originally, um, I talked about before they extended the, the lockdown till June 7th or first week of June or something. And they've since reversed that. They meet, you know, five days a week. No. I, I'll get that back to you though. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'll call you in a minute. Thanks, bro. Um, but yeah, they've since, sorry about that. <laughs> um, they've since moved it back and now we're opening bars and restaurants on May 11th with, um, with some pretty stringent rules. But um, with what Italy has, has gone through and they're neighboring to the south of us, um, I'm a bit shocked at the approach that that I've seen over there from here, and it's it's scary to think that um, these measures haven't been taken because when they're done properly, then um, like it's it's getting under control here a little bit, and. Um, but yeah, we're, I mean, that's why I'm here today. I have a lot going on. Sorry, I'm a little bit, um, <laughs> yeah, oh, and, not uh, a lot of people coming in and out, but I'm actually at my buddy's bar 
helping him get it ready for the May 11th opening, but it's a tiny bar um, and everyone has to be seated. Four people max at a table, two meters in between, um, in between tables. And this is only about two meters wide. So yeah, people are, it might not be worthwhile for a lot of businesses to open here, but now, yeah. Do you, uh, that, do you think that the, so for example, you had said before that everyone got paid 80% of their pay or something like that right out of the shoot? Yeah. And so do you think that the government, do you think that things are opening because the government um, doesn't want to continue to pay that or does that have anything to do with it? Um, I mean, Switzerland has so much money and gold. I don't think they're too worried about it, to be honest. Um, no, I, I, I honestly don't believe that that has a whole lot to do with it. They could shut it down a couple days afterwards. Um, just because we're opening on May 11th doesn't mean that we're not going to go back. They'll be monitoring new cases and new deaths and, um, yeah, and go from there. I just, I was really concerned about, uh, a lot of my friends and family back home and just kind of this chaos. I don't know. I'm not there. This chaos that seems to be happening over there because to get back to normal, people need to make, make sacrifices and not everybody's doing it. Then a lot of people are going to get sick or, or die because of other people's decisions. And it's one of these things we have this, this period of time where it needs, we all just need to stop and shut down. And then that's how we get over the hump. It's, it's never, it's not going to be over for, you know, a couple of years, I believe. But um, if we want any sense of normalcy, we, this, this chaos just confuses me, but also I'm very biased. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. And you had mentioned a couple things, but is Switzerland's, uh, economy still like for example the U.S. Uh, was uh, consumed by a lot of a long period of the gold standard and yeah. it, um, is Switzerland's economy still tied to gold? It's still backed by gold yeah. Backed by gold okay interesting yeah. and um, not to not to uh, just turn it into a money thing but um, just because you had, you had brought that up and um, you know from there as far as things opening back up and, and you bring up a really good point too, when you say, cause you can look at different countries and even different regions in the United States uh, show different, um, like the, I can see one uh, story about something that happens in New York, you know, that is completely different. Um, you know, and these are just based off of facts, for example, but you know, someone in New York could see a story here that is also completely different. And I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up too, because it still goes into that um, confirmation uh, bias and, and how the uh, media can portray things at time uh, for either side. You know, one could go to, um, you know, I can't remember the old school sites that, that used to be really popular. One was Drudge Report, and I can't remember what the other uh, one was, but one was really left and one was really right. Uh, but I guess right now you, you could talk about maybe um, Fox News versus um, CNN or, um, you know, something like that measure. Uh, but uh, you have any comments on that, Jake? Well, America is so diverse. I mean, you have 
New York City and then you have um, like Wyoming and <laughs> the difference between the two is I mean it's it's such a large space I, in Europe like we're all it's a small continent comparatively and it's many different countries but um, it's a lot more similar than it is different like like the U.S. is and so it's it's hard to get a good understanding of what's going on over there and yeah it just it just it appears chaotic and I don't know because I'm not there but that's what the rest of the world is being presented but it also like gives me legitimate concern that um the this could get a lot worse there and I don't want to see that like the problems that I have with um like systemic problems with the American government or whatever is I still love America and I love the people and the and the land and it's just it's frightening to me um I'm glad we got a hold on it here or at least that's how it p appears to be and like I wish everyone the best and I I hope this works out but yeah it's it's hard for me to speak on what's going on there I was just shocked when we were speaking about the differences of approach and yeah no it's it's really and good seeing the numbers fluctuate was yeah, interesting it's, a, it's to me fantastic too. that you're, you're bringing this up because you're in a different country so it is really interesting to uh hear and see people's perspective from other countries that you know about the u.s is is awesome and that's why i love this and so and i want to go to jonathan and i know i've been uh kept kept you waiting jonathan but from canada and um not take away from what what you specifically uh want to say but maybe can you start by maybe what your perception is because most of uh, you know the viewers will that um our, our three viewers i think of this are from the u.s so um maybe can you comment a little bit about what jake is saying and your perspective and then uh go ahead and answer the question in the way that you wanted to answer it as far as how close we are to being back to normal yeah, you know, uh, perspective and perception has always been a fascination of mine, philosophically speaking. I, I, I uh, would reflect on one of my favorite rock stars, Mr. Jim Morrison in The Doors, and kind of listening to some music my dad was big on and, and so forth, kind of got into studies of, of different uh, perceptions and so forth in The Doors of Reality, right? And, uh, you know, I, I remember you spoke earlier of Prisoners of War, and we've been talking about benevolence and so forth. And it kind of reminds me of a story. Uh, I have, a, you know, one of my best friends and roommates at the time, we had a challenge. We said, you know, one of the best films you've ever seen, pick yours, pick mine. So I sat down and we watched Schindler's List. And, you know, Spielberg, I always talk about the blockbuster superstars. You know, he's the director of the, you know, like Michael Jordan director, right? And uh, we watched it in Heartfelt and, you know, I'm not going to say some cheers went down or whatever, but, you know, the benevolence of, of the character that that film centered around and, and helping those people was integral. And you spoke earlier about, you know, uh, the different uh, philosophies and, and viewpoints and perspectives of how prisoners of war and, and how that translated to, um, you know, how their life uh, transpired after there and so forth. But, you know, and then, and then of course he came in and he's like, okay, I got my movie and he puts it on and I'm getting all heartfelt and we're ready. And then, and then it was the street fighter movie. Right. And I'm just like, what, what's going on? Right. I thought that was funny. Right. But 
you know, you're talking about different different perspectives. Some of us are philosophical, some of us are. And, and truth be told, I'd never seen it before, and it was fantastic. I was like, wow, what an exceptional film, you know. I don't, you know, I don't. I'm I'm throwing recommendations all over the place. We're talking uh, Schindler's List, Frankenstein, uh, Jim Morrison, and uh, Street Fighter, right? But uh, you know, you know, I like to mix it up a, a little bit and so forth, right? But. I think being forward thinking, you know, I, I just want to throw someone else in the mix. You know, one of my favorite people, uh, let's not forget about, uh, you know, Freud and, and Darwin and so forth and all these kind of perspectives of adaptation and natural selection and survival of the fittest, you know, at the end of the day, you know, what, 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 what gains are we going to have thinking about getting back to normal? Let's think forward. This is normal. You know, I wake up in the morning, what's normalcy to, to you? right? It's what, where we are right now. Let's, let's be forward thinking. Let's, let's not think. And if you're sitting there and just waiting for things to go back to normal, well, guess what? Before the virus, before anything, you know, what is normalcy or, you know, what is normal, right? Normal, normal is your steps towards the future and how you're going to capitalize and, and be successful and, and touch humanity and, and make your impact on life and have that sense of, um, you know, now I feel like I'm getting all, all philosophical, right? But, you know, go back to ancient Greek philosophy, you know, the feeling of virtue. What's what's the essentials to happiness? A lot of people said, you know, virtuous feelings, what you've done to impact the earth in an ethical manner, right? Well, let's let's start thinking about how we can, you know, as, as a, um, you know, a team combat this together and start thinking about the future, not thinking about getting back to where we were. It, it, to me, it's just not progressive thinking. You know, we're all smart, forward-thinking people, whether you graduated from high school, whether you had great grades, whether some of the smartest people I've ever met in my entire life didn't even come close to graduating high school. So I, I don't even think that's even close to a merit of intelligence personally. Um, but, you know, let's, uh, let's collectively from all different backgrounds and all different educations come together and really let, let's, uh, you know, be better for it, right? Yeah, for sure. And um, I think that, you know, there are some people that have thought that way all along, you know, and hopefully this will increase that size of people that think the way that you're talking about is collectively moving forward. And, uh, you know, definitely you hear from people all over the world that say that this has been a great time to be with their family and loved ones and spending time together and their dogs too. And so we'll go right to Josh. Uh, Josh, I've put you in probably the most difficult spot going after um, Jake Switzerland and um, uh, Jonathan, uh, your Duke sales guy, but uh, I'm thinking that Solomon can do it. So <laughs> I think I might have a little different views. I think I, I disagree with Jake on several things, except two. I wrote this down. Uh, it's going to be a couple of years and the government's systemic problems. I, I, I passionately <laughs> agree with you on there. But I think what, you know, we talked about this a little before. I think number one, we've got short-term memories, right? So we all want to go back to whatever normal is. Um, but but I, I got into this discussion with a friend of mine who owns a, a nightclub. So literally, he's going to be one of the last people to open up. Um, but his thing was, hey, if you're going out in public, you're killing people. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing. And I'm sure we've all seen that, right? You know, if you're doing this, you're just harming everybody else. But my point is unless you're planning on locking yourself in your house until we have a vaccine, we won't get into the anti-vaxxers, but unless you're planning on locking yourself into your house until we have a vaccine, there's really no point of this. All that we're doing by quarantining and social distancing and face masks is you're literally just changing the 
date from when you're going to get sick. So instead of getting coronavirus next week, I'm just changing it to six months from now or nine months from now or 12 months from now. There's no way that you can not get it until there's a vaccine. So, you know, obviously the, the lockdown quarantine, et cetera, was designed so that we didn't overwhelm the healthcare system. It was not designed to make this thing go away. Although if we would have done it right and just all stayed in our house and literally not left for three weeks, it'd be gone. Clearly we didn't do that. But the quarantining and social distancing isn't designed for you to not get it. It's designed for to delay when you do get it so that when you do get it, the healthcare system doesn't get overwhelmed. Now, the data and the facts show that the healthcare system, even at the peak, never did get overwhelmed. Um, you know, Cuomo wanted 40,000 ventilators. Got, he needed, he used 400 of them. The Navy ship would 127 beds on the Navy ship. So, so even in the hot spot of the United States, it never got overwhelmed. Um, so, so the, the things that the politicians and the media and that sort of thing have, have kind of forced on us. And then you get the confirmation bias, just polarizing us going, Oh, I'm a stay at homer. I'm a no mask wearing protester, you know, all this stuff. And it just polarizes us again in another way that the media is unbelievable at finding ways to divide us as people and as human beings. And then all of a sudden it becomes political, right? The Democrats want to wear a mask or Republicans want to protest. Why is this another thing that has divided us and made it political when it's not political? Um, so my, I, my thing that I've been trying to, you know, tell not as many people as I can, because I don't feel like getting into the argument most of the time, is <laughs> we're going to get this, right? So if I want to wear a mask, hey, that's fine. I want to get it sooner rather than later. Hopefully we're immune to it. I guess we still haven't proven that with the antibodies. Um, and I did get my antibody test done. Unfortunately, I have not had it. Um, but, but that's my thing is that we're, we're not, by forcing everybody to do these things, it's not all of a sudden magically making this virus go away. It's around and it's going to be here until we can have a, a vaccine. And, you know, I think Trump said something by the end of the year. I, I don't think that's realistic, but, uh, you know, typically it's 12 to 18 months. So we're all going to get it. Um, it's just a matter of, um, you know, when you do get it. Now, some of the things I think that are interesting, how, um, uh, this may change what normal is, like we talked about last week with Brian Benstock and the shopping. Man, I couldn't agree more. As soon as he said that, I'm like, just the whole art of grocery shopping is inefficient. And I'm all about efficiency, right? You load your car, you, you put it on the thing, you load it back in the car, you load it in your car, you unload it in the house. Why are we loading and unloading our groceries 27 times? So things like that have made me rethink um, in, in different ways that we'll be able to conduct business. So I'm, I'm excited to see as a society, if we can come up with some more efficient ways to do business and that sort of thing, but, you know, systemically changing the way we do things. I just, I, I don't know if what we're doing right now really makes sense other than it's incredible at polarizing us as people. Yeah. And uh, some really key things that you said there. Number one is uh, division, you know, and uh, division it's, it's like one of the things that they teach you when it comes to giving a meeting, you know, it's like 101 in meetings and uh, any time that the meeting starts to go sale, stale, uh, throw, throw something into the, the middle of the room that could cause division because it'll create conversation. And then on the other side of that would be the love that um, Jonathan's talking about. And uh, this is where I think that people get conflicted is because they don't listen to each other. And I, I believe that our group uh, listens to each other. And um, when I see statements uh, that are so far left and I see statements that are so far right, 
uh, I think that neither one is really listening to each other. Uh, and and the, the truth is somewhere usually uh, in the middle. And so uh, that's really, really good that you're talking about uh, the division of things, Josh, because uh, now more than ever, I think that people are realizing uh, that they, they're not as divided as, as they think that they are. You know, uh, I think that most people are realizing that, uh, you know, for one, normal is different for everybody and normal might not be that great of a thing. In fact, uh, were we ever even normal before? And, um, you know, I think that's a, uh, an interesting, and we could go on and on, obviously, when it comes to the politics and everything else. And go ahead, Jake. Um, yeah, sorry to interrupt, but um, just to um, rebut um, what Solomon had to say, um, the, the, di <laughs> the division that um, this perceived division that we have is just a mouthpiece of the media. Because oh, while I, I have these, these feelings uh, um, that may be a little bit more radical, um, I agreed with everything you said just now. So I want to put that on record that um, <laughs> I am in agreement. Hey, before, you, with, before you keep with, going, just think, about what, just think about what is going on right now where you had to make sure that you uh, confirmed because of the division, you had to make sure that you confirmed that you agreed with everything that he said. I just want to point that out and not keep going. But this division, it's, it is polarizing and it's dangerous. It's manufactured. It's, and it's manufactured. It's manufactured. We have more in common than we have differences, generally speaking. And um, I mean, yeah, example, certain, right? Certain talking, points are, Sorry, certain talking points are brought up and then that um, you see these points that come from like this source or, or, or this type of ideology. And um, we, we, don't have to dis disagree and we probably don't disagree on so many things but we're forced to take these standpoints because the politi politicization of like everything these days and the bipartisan bullshit I'm glad I got a swear on this meeting today <laughs> since everyone else is um, but no, like wait, what you say is legitimate. It's it is manufactured division, and it's unnecessary. And 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 you're right. And I just needed to go on record as saying that. And that is really that is really good too. That um, that people go on record uh, saying this. Uh, you know, now more than ever, I I really believe the way that we combat anything that could be going on is when you know when there when two people get together. You know, when two or more get together, it's a powerful thing. And that's not really uh, scientifically uh, an argument uh, that could be made because two is more powerful than one. And so um, before we go to the TikTok talk, uh, did anyone else have any comments on uh, what seemed to be a, a great subject? I do want to say one thing um, that we, since we talk about things and we have these different opinions and we and we gather information in different way, I think it would be good to have a place where we could share those things. So sometimes with the vision, I think it, this is all going to tie in together, is 
you go search out different information, either to dispel what you were thinking or, or wondering or to confirm it. And, um, you know, there, where you gather information is going to be different. You know, we're talking about TikTok and, and Switzerland is bummed about it because he's read it. You know, so like, what if we had a place where we could share different things, even, I don't know, I use Facebook, like a Facebook group or something like that, just because I am curious, I'm curious about, you know, what is the news like in Switzerland saying about the United States? And is it different when you watch Portland news compared to world news and I'm just curious about that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, and it brings up an interesting, um, you know, I would be interested in seeing a stat of, say, people in the United States that really study uh, or pay attention to other countries at the level that a lot of other countries study and pay attention to the United States. And what I mean is, is I think that uh, the United States doesn't try to educate themselves as much as they could. And I think that also on the flip side of that is uh, people try to pay attention and find cognitive bias in the United States more than they should. And so once again, the truth is somewhere in the middle. And it's just because, um, you know, we're the last quote unquote free country, really. And whatever that means these days is uh, really something. But, you know, before we move on, I want to hear um, where the queen stands in all this. And I'm not I, talking about, no, the I was, I, I, I was going to butt in and I don't want to backpedal. I was talking about King Solomon and, and, uh, you know, being the, the philosophical variety, I'm going to go back to what the king had to say, right. Before I mentioned the queen and, uh, Brent Beinstock and all that, there's a lot of value behind and the thought and, and so forth of all this, uh, you know, online purchasing and delivery. And that definitely is the way of the future. But the, the queen of, of our family is actually my grand. And I failed to mention actually last episode there that we had, that was her 89th birthday. And I'm like, God, geez, grand, like stay away from the store. She's like, you can't take that away from me. She loves her shopping. You know, being a wellness guy, Adriana, you know, got me into, you know, Cameron Diaz's book there, the longevity book. And she talks about how, you know, taking time for yourself and Sundays, she doesn't work or do any uh, thing of, of the work variety. And it just, everybody has different focus points and different methods of rejuvenation and enjoyment and time to themselves. And some people shopping might be that typical time, you know, grand's like, Jonathan, I wear my mask. I all the procedures gloves i'm at senior hour at the grocery store and i enjoy it but god forbid who's leading this country there's why don't they have one-way aisles in these stores like how can we not figure this out like you can't you're supposed to avoid people and do distancing but everyone's walking in different directions how hard is it to put up like arrows in, in stores and so forth and you know i'm a firm believer of people uh you know losing their touch with the value of seniority and wisdom, you know, in Aboriginal cultures, the senior of the tribe is just held in such esteem. And I think the, the more technology advances and the progression of globalization, I think it's trending that elders are, you know, being put in these old folks' homes and forgotten and, and their viewpoints. You know, I, I, I think if my grand led this uh, country, we, we might have some uh, strong leadership, right? So I don't know. Uh, it is what it is. Grand, love you. One of the sharpest people I know and, and the leader of our family. So I, I just think there's, I just wanted to share that. I'm not disagreeing, you know, online shopping is the way of the future, but I think that there's uh, some values in the enjoyment of shopping as well. 
Yeah, are you guys getting that feedback? I don't know if that's grand or. Um, <laughs> I'm too, yeah. Jumped into the show. Who was that from? The feedback. Anyone know? Interesting. So, um, yeah, see, I knew Desi with these mimosas was going to get really the watchers <laughs> honest, but um, Jonathan, Jonathan, now that um, we've got Gran on, uh, we're adding Gran to the mix here because we want to hear more about Gran in the coming weeks. But um, I want to hear, though, what the queen, uh, you know, where, what is the stance of the queen these days? You know, I think, I think she's been a little bit qu quiet. I haven't really been, uh, you know, fully in touch with uh, her last uh, method of communication. But one thing that I, I thought spoke volumes was, was when she made that one broadcast and she spoke about how, you know, um, it reminded her of her first speech ever. And, and I think she was referring to the Spanish flu and I might be making a misreference there. But, you know, perspectives are big. And when you're talking about uh, the time right. and the place, it, it is it is very uh, similaristic to, to a war. And, it, you know, it's not, we're not prisoners of war, we're prisoners to a virus. And, you know, seeing the, the good in things and, and understanding that, you know, if you could trade places with a, a prisoner of war, you know, from these war camps in, in the world wars compared to being a prisoner of a virus, well, you know, what what's the, the less of two evils, right? I, I think, you know, you gotta see the plus side and understand that, um, you know, things could always be worse and, and look forward and progress and, and think in a positive light, right? For sure. And um, I think we're going to add uh, to the show, we're going to make it because um, we're going to go into quickly and we're just going to let now the queen of TikTok take over this next segment for time sakes before we get into weekly motivation and everyone's uh, weekly motivation. But for now on, we're going to add, it's going to be called the TikTok talk and the queen's word. And um, I want everyone to uh, try to, I, I don't know where the queen, um, you know, what platform she uses. And so I want people to search up the queen and find out on the weekly what she is doing, you know, her because the, right? her balcony isn't, that's how I imagine Yeah, I don't know if it's paparazzi that we got to get in touch with or what. I mean, what is the queen up to? And so we're, we're going to go into um, just quickly, Desi. Uh, the um, the smaller queen uh, on a global scale, the queen of TikTok, uh, Desi Stewart. Okay, so this was a big topic yesterday while we were all out and about. And um, my my next post, wait for it. Um, I believe that we're something else is happening. It's also a pandemic, and it's called TikTok Tourette. So if you spend any time on TikTok, <laughs> all of a sudden you're gonna yell out Carol Baskin, you're going to yell out, <laughs> my daughter yells out, skater bite, like, just out of the blue. So I, I believe that this is a thing called TikTok Tourette's, and uh, you'll, be, you'll be seeing my trending post about it soon. All right, well, we want to know the, um, every week then the latest TikTok Tourette's, because, yeah, I've noticed my son doing the same thing with these he'll just yell out random stuff. And, um, you know, so what's the, do you have maybe the latest one that everyone's yelling out today? So it's Skater Bite was one of them. And uh, it's, a, it's about a kid that has a mosquito bite on his cheek. Okay. And, uh, and then Carol Baskin, I swear to goodness, this is like the thing. Um, I do need to point this out too, that you said I noticed my son. 
I started off pointing out my child. <laughs> it's like, you do it too. You're singing the songs and you're saying the words. And I was like, I know, I, I suffer from TikTok Tourette's. So <laughs> it, it's a thing. TikTok Tourette's, new hashtag. Yeah. All right, let's, let's go to uh, our weekly motivation. And Heather, you've been sitting quietly listening <laughs> to the great minds of uh, Solomon and Jonathan and her <laughs> and um, the TikTok queen. Tell us what your weekly motivation is all about. I, I think I need to... Um... I need to start looking at this week. I'm going to, I'm going to not try to be so biased this week. I think I'm going to, I think I, I do search for things that just confirm my beliefs, especially during this pandemic. So I think I need to search for, like Desi was saying, the opposition and just do, you know what I mean? Hear both sides more this week. That, Have an open that, mind. That is very wise right there. I don't know um, what you call Mrs. Um, Solomon, but um, <laughs> that, that is super wise. Yeah, absolutely. Very good one. And Desi, we're right back to you. Um, we'll stick with ladies first. What's the weekly motivation? You know, I, I had my uh, same one that I shared on a different meeting, but um, I want to change it up and just say that we it's time to start embracing this as normal. Right? It, it is time to just say, this is normal and we need to be able to adapt and just start doing that. Start seeing where you want to go and making movements towards that. Perfect. And yeah. What about music festivals? Yeah. <laughs> come on. Oh, come on. I, I want to share, like, if we have a sharing platform, there's another thing. So um, music is huge around here because of Dustin, and we're, we talk a lot about that and how that's changing and how to share new music and to perform. And people that perform, like you guys as motivational speakers and going to work and things like that, like, this is, it's devastating for creativity and new stuff coming out and we are trying to figure out ways to new normal like bring that back and what that looks like and it it has to be art it has to be music it has to be these things that that drill into our you know daily busy lives that some of us choose and some of us don't you know so hopefully that all does happen. And Heather, we, we can have mimosas next uh, 5 a.m. I'll drive over. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one drinking here. <laughs> Guinness and mimosas have definitely been represented well uh, today. And uh, Mr. Guinness, Jake Switzerland, are you uh, ready or should we have Jonathan go first? Um, I'm ready. Go for it. Um, well, I mean, looking out here in this bar, I'm, I'm actually helping a few of my friends get their businesses back up and ready for this new opening and um, putting this new paint on the walls. Um, for me personally, when this, when things go back to the new normal, the dirt and the grime is still a fabric of this environment, but we cover it up 
and it's a part of this place. But like this new paint, I am going to put my best self forward going out and be the person that I want to be despite all of my baggage and and wall stains and whatnot. I don't know. That's beautiful. That's all I, I got for. I like that. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I, the opening it. sounded like a country song, but uh, but I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking around for anything I could grab here. All right. I didn't do my homework. I'm sorry. Hey, that, that was beautiful. Yeah. Jonathan, back him up. Beautiful. Hey, man, I'm a little jealous. I wish I was in a bar right now. You know, we start this is 5.15 a.m. here. So if uh, I come across as a little bit out of it and uh, a little too Canadian, it's I think it's because of the how early I, I uh, you know, am brought, brought forth in this amazing telecast. But I will say this, you know, I've kind of made a habit of quoting all the, the best athletes and so forth along the way or, or my opinions of. So, and I do think this is a fight you know, not versus an opponent directly in front of us, but a different kind of fight, like I mentioned with previous uh, references to historical battles and so forth, but it is a fight versus a virus. So I'm going to do something uncharacteristic. I'm going to uh, quote, um, you know, I can't quote Mike Tyson, I don't think, so I'll, I'll go with my next favorite boxer. <laughs> He's and, got some uh, I'm going to say, if my mind can conceive it, my heart can believe it, and then I can achieve it. Right. So it's limitless what we can achieve. Let's move forth. Let's be better for us. Yeah. And you cut out for a second right after the quote. I was just going to say, you know, let's let's come out of this pandemic better versions of ourselves. Right. Let's let's uh, put our mind together and our heart and and achieve uh, everything that, you know, is going to make humanity better and ourselves better and our society a better. Fabulous. I'm, I missed who, what boxer said that? Was that Buster Douglas or, <laughs> or was that Mike Tyson? I, I, was, I, was I was trying to poke fun because um, Josh earlier mentioned that, the, you know, people's perspectives of, of athletes are often influenced by the era, right? So I was trying to go with, you know, Mike Tyson because, you know, Iron Mike. Oh, it was Mike Tyson. From my okay. era, but I, I think, you know, uh, you know, the, the great one, Ali, I, I, I'm scared of the backlash and the hate, so I'm, I'm not saying he wasn't the greatest. Oh, yeah, Muhammad <laughs> Ali. But I'll tell you what, Mike Tyson. Uh, there's you see a that video of him recently? He's making a comeback. Ooh. 53 years old and making a little comeback. So we'll He's see how far that man. goes. But, uh, go ahead, Josh, on your weekly motivation. Uh, so my weekly motivation this week, E.T., Eric Thomas, has a quote, and he says, winners win and losers lose. And what he means by that is when you're winning, you're a winner, right? And when you're losing, you're a loser, and both of them perpetuate. So when I coach people and talk to people and they're in a slump or they're in a bad spot or they're having a hard time, well, guess what? You're now a loser, right? And it sounds insensitive, but, it, but it's true. And the only way to get out of being a loser is to win. So how do you win? And sometimes we set these monster goals and these huge expectations and, you know, whatever it is, you know, you're behind three months on your mortgage and I want to pay my house off. It's like, well, that, that, that Delta is tremendous. So you're going to continue to be a loser. 
So when I coach people a lot of times, I tell them, find the littlest things in the world to win. Sometimes that's waking up on time, not hitting the snooze button, making it to work on time. And as ridiculous as that sounds for some of us, that's just, well, yeah, I mean, you got to get there early, right? Vince Lombardi, if you're not 15 minutes early, you're late. Uh, but some of us just getting there on time would be a win. So if you're in a bad spot, you're having a hard time, rather than focusing on some large goal that's still important, I'm a huge goal person, but rather than focusing on that, focus on something really, really little so that you can get that momentum going. So you can go from being a loser to then being a winner. Because if my thing is I just need to wake up on time. I need not hit the snooze button. Okay, that's fairly easy to do for most of us. It's a little challenging for some of us, but now you're getting it done. And then you focus on something else. Okay, now I want to make sure I'm not eating sugar. You know, whatever your goals are, Focus on something really, really little so that you can then become a winner because winners win and losers lose. Fantastic. And, uh, you know, if you combine uh, that with the fact that what Jonathan is saying is we are definitely, and uh, I'll finish up here and uh, we'll send us off on a fantastic day, but uh, we are in a, in a war right now and uh, each of our battles are fought every single day in our minds. And uh, do what Josh is saying, find the small victories, find the, um, the easy ones first uh, and start there because uh, the more battles we win right now and mental health is the most important health and the more battles that you can win right now, it will compound. So that way you can take on the bigger battles and ultimately the war because uh, the war is going on, whether there's a virus, uh, the war is going on, whether there's no virus, and it happens inside of our minds each and every day. Mental health is the most important health. Here's the, the, uh, the weekly read is setting the table. And this is about hospitality. And there's so much when it comes to hospitality and just how we treat mankind uh, each and every day of our lives. So let's all go out and win our battles and we will win the war. Thank you all for being here. Cheers. Peace. <laughs> Ciao, guys.